Good evening, you're very welcome to another episode of the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie with myself, Brefney Early, and of course, as always, uh, Aaron Clark, freshly back from Hungary after another great night for the women's national team. Aaron, you're very welcome back to the Emerald Isle. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Flew back, flew back this morning. Had a nice, a nice gallivant around Hungary yesterday. Got to see a little bit. Went on a, a river boat as well. Uh, been a nice, nice few days. Come back to see tickets on sale. Ready for the Albania game. Promotions already starting for that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. been it's been a good few days. It has been confirmed as it's going to be in Tala. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed by that. I would have liked to have seen them take a bit of a a gamble on the Aviva. I suppose the day of the week probably doesn't help. But at the same time, your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't expect it to be in in, in the Aviva. It looks as though the Hungary game as well is going to be in Tala as well. Correct. One thing I need to correct myself on last week, it's actually not the school holidays. The school holidays are the week after. So it's also going to be a 5.45 kickoff as well. The reason being, and there's been a bit of uproar over this, the League of Ireland fixtures were set last year, last no, last December for the men. And there's a full round of fixtures that weekend. The Nations League draw only happened in May. So I think Shamrock Rovers and Pats potentially is on Teddy for the men and Shamrock Rovers could clinch the title. The problem is if Ireland go at 7.45, you're up against that. And then you're sort of, it's not really a good look for RTE. It's on probably on RTE news now and it doesn't look good for anybody. So I think the, the I think the 5.45 kickoff is probably more sensible as much as it doesn't it doesn't suit a lot of people um, for audiences. Case, there is a case to be made though that the women's national team has probably attracted more fans than, and we're both League of Ireland fans, but it probably would attract more viewership than a, a League of Ireland title match even. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know, I think the from from the devil's advocate side of thing is it's, it's more of a case that them fixtures were set a long time ago. When I I went back and actually had a look at the, the original fixture list, and on the original fixture list is that game for that date. The women's nation league fixtures were sort of announced a lot later because we even had Vera Powell sort of giving out about the women's nation league and stuff like that. So, like, it's disappointing that it can't be on the Saturday or the Thursday, but. I think it's just the fact with the with the way the way the international the way the international window is. I wouldn't want to see it competing because I don't think it's good for either either brand of the League of Ireland or it's good for the for the for the international team to have them both competing. Um, I think this is probably a compromise that RT said. Listen, we want the game slightly earlier. I'll be interested to sort of see based off numbers what the numbers from the Hungary game was because the fact that that was a half six kickoff as well. It was earlier. I'd be, it'd be interested to see that. But like pre-sale for pre-sale seems to be going quite quite good today. I, I suspect the game will sell out quite quickly within the within the period when it goes on general sale on Friday. But just like I was having chats with people in the last couple of days, like and what was said to me is we were chatting about the Aviva Stadium. So one of one of the main problems with the Aviva is they have to hit twenty eight thousand fa- paying fans before they make a profit. So we were talking about you know if they go to the Aviva they could make four or five hundred grand. So like realistically, if for them to make four or five hundred grand, they're probably gonna to have to have 40, 40 odd thousand paying customers because it's 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 not cheap, you know. And that was one thing that was said to me. And like I would like to see it that we get to a stage that every game is the Aviva. I'd like to see that we get to that stage that every game is the Aviva. Like you look at England, for example, when England first decided to go to bigger stadiums, it was sort of a baby step. I'm sort of hoping that we see that baby step, but we see that step sort of happen. A lot more incremental, and it happens a lot more regular. Like realistically, I would I would expect to see at least two, maybe three, of the next European qualifiers that are, are going to be played in twenty twenty four played in the Aviva Stadium. 
I would expect to see at least two or three of them played there. That would be a start. And then the other problem is, is like, unlike in the likes of the UK or other countries, we don't really have that bridger of a stadium between Tala and the Aviva, unless you're sort of going to go down the route of trying to rent somewhere like the RDS like Tolman Park. Park or something like that. Like that's the only that's the only real alternative. That's what sort of it's a bit of a snooker for. But I, I do get where you're coming from, and I've seen fans sort of saying, I wanted this in the I wanted this in the Aviva. It would have been great to have it in the Aviva. I, I think like, it just sets the tone in terms of equality between the two teams. And yeah, you might have smaller crowds, but that's to be expected. I don't think anyone would mind that. I pop I personally would, would prefer us to be in the Aviva and just hit that break even. Of twenty eight thousand as as an average, I'd be quite happy. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. I would as well. I would as well. We are digressing though from the actual topic at hand, which of course is the uh, the game on Tuesday night against Hungary. Uh, I think a week ago when we were looking into these two games, we talked about how six wins is a must in this division. Um, saying that and actually delivering it and delivering it in the style we've done: two wins, two clean sheets, seven goals in the plus column. Um, could have been even double that. Let's be honest at the chances we missed through the, the two games. Um, it's a very, very positive start, albeit in that second tier of the UEFA Women's National League. Listen, I'm grateful. I'm del- I'm happy we're not in, in League A. And that's being honest with you. I'm happy we're not. Because we're not ready for League A. We need to take that step. And this is where, we're, like, because as you've said multiple times, we've an agent squad. This is where we have the opportunity to bring these sort of players in. You've been ranting and raving about Izzy Atkinson for a long time. When Izzy come on, I must have tweeted about Izzy about six or seven times in the first 10 minutes of the second half the other day. The amazing run she, the amazing run she made, the cross she put in, you know, and, and these are the sort of opportunities where she got to shine. I always thought Hungary would be the hardest game in the group in terms of Hungary away. To be honest with you, was it perfect? Absolutely not. Defensively, we look bad at times. They got we look leaky at times, and from the conversations I was having with some supporters, and because I thought Megan Connolly had a poor game against Northern Ireland, but it just showed Megan just doing a lot of that donkey work, a lot of that things because she was the one who shored up them gaps to make sure that wasn't happening. I didn't I didn't think Tyler had her best game, but no, then she again, didn't. she she didn't really get much support from Lily Ag either. So I thought the mid, the mid, the centre midfield. I thought the, the whole of midfield was was poor for Ireland. When I seen the two of them being taken off, I wasn't surprised. Um, you look at the game as a whole. Heather Payne was better. I, t- I still think you can see she's a little bit off where she needs to be. Hasn't played an awful lot of minutes, and and these minutes will probably be valuable valuable for. Her. I think she'd be a lot better next month. You uh, you look at like Katie McCabe took her goal absolutely superbly. It was a. <laughs> I wasn't quite so convinced myself. A little bit of a, a little bit of an internet breaker, but we're sort of used to that from Katie. We're sort of used to that from Katie. I started saying to Katie and Katie and Denise, and I spoke to them. Was like separately. I said, like, I said, Denise, you'd be fuming if the referee because you were asking for a free. If the referee gave that free when Katie strikes that ball and hits the top corner, you'd be going mad. But like for me, there's a lot of positives there. There's a lot of thing we can see. They're trying to do things to, to do things differently. Like the amount of times that we've seen Ireland actually go on the front foot, did it work out all the time? Absolutely not. But we actually went to go on the front foot a lot and sort of take the game to Hungary. That was probably the thing that I, I enjoyed is the fact that we went and we tried that. We tried to push on. We tried to to do things. Yes, it left us a bit exposed at the back, but it made for a much better Ireland performance. And for me, like I know I was a little bit critical of parts of the Northern Ireland game, but I thought that performance against Hungary was a massive step on 
I thought it was a mass, it was a it was a step Let's, up from what they'd done. Yeah, I think so. I completely agree. Let's talk about Eileen Gleason for a moment. We're going to hear from her later on in the program, but um let's Let's talk about her because we both kind of agreed, I think, over the last few weeks and months that she would do a decent job as an interim manager, um, but that her role as the head of women's football in the FAI was probably more important in the grander scheme of things. Um, I've probably deviated a little bit from that uh, in the last couple of days, and I think watching the way the team has played, I think she has set them up really well. There's obviously a really positive vibe through the camp. It looks It's black and white. It's night and day between what was happening through the World Cup. Um, has she put herself in the shop window? Maybe for that discussion for a move into um, into that football side of things and let somebody else come in and run the admin side of things? I don't know. I don't know because she still talks about the women's football being her, her dream job. So I don't know whether... that that The problem is, is Eileen is one of these sort of people... Is She's the complete opposite, polar opposite of Vera. She'll tell you what she wants to tell you. So she's not really given much away to whether she's actually interested in the job. She might well be, but I don't think she'll get it. But is she putting herself into that shop window? Yeah, I think a lot of people looked upon the last couple of games and said it, it, it was she could see what she was trying to do. I'd expect them to take them. See, the, the problem is, and I asked Eileen this um, about who's going to take the game the, ne- the next game, and she was sort of a bit coy, a bit coy on that. I would expect she is going to be in the dugout the next game, and I would expect to take a, a step on. And like, she gets four wins from four out of them first game, four games. She ha- obviously has to come into the, the conversations, but the FAI is a strange is a strange book. You never know what way they're thinking, what way they're looking. Are they going to look at an external? Like with the fact that the debt has gone come down massively since the, the restructuring and, and things that have gone out from the from the government bailouts and stuff like that. They might put their hand, say, okay, let's put our hand in our pocket a little bit because the sponsorships are coming in and things like that. And let's get a, a really attractive manager in. Or they might turn around and say, okay, Eileen, do this. But the only thing is, if they do go down that Eileen route, they can't have the double job. And like, oh, we've seen I'm, Sue Ronan, yeah. we've seen yeah. Sue Ronan doing it, we've seen others doing it. It's one, it or, the, it's one or the other. It's, it it's not. Work. It's too distracting. It's too distracting on, on both sides, and and you need two strong individuals. One looking at what's on the field, and one looking at what's off the field. And you can't do both. As good as a person might be, you just physically can't do both. But uh, I, I actually, I seven days ago, I would have said Eileen should stay where she is in the terms of the full time con, uh, con, contract she has with the FAI. Now I'm not as convinced of that. I think she could easily, things. easily put her hand Couple on that. Yep. A couple things on that. I think the management team she's brought in, she's been quite clever with the management team she's brought in. Emma Bourne, like, listen, no disrespect to Emma Bourne. She, uh, Emma Bourne's a legend, but is Emma Bourne there to actually do much coaching or is Emma Bourne there to be that link? And if Emma Bourne's there to be that link, that is genius because Emma Bourne links the players because she knows that a large majority links them. Like, there was even players doing interviews after the game and Emma sort of popped her head in, you know, and the smiles, the smiles were there. Bringing Colin Healy in, I don't know if you heard it on the TV, but Colin Healy probably never showed up during the game, giving instructions as well, and sort of, which is great, you know, we, you could constantly say, and the two of them, him himself and Eileen, are sort of constantly giving instructions to players, sort of, come here, do this, do that. Like, it looks as though, off the initial phases, the management ticket has got off to a good start. Yeah. If they get four, if they get two more wins against Albania in the double header next month, they definitely put themselves in the shop window. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And then people are probably going to have to have that conversation. Like I, you're saying you'd mellowed. I've had people text me who 
were completely no, Eileen, no. Who sort of said they liked it a little bit better what was what was happening. Oh, I'd be exactly I'd be in the exact same boat. I would have been like a, a straight no last week, not because of Eileen's ability to do the job, but because of the importance of the other roles she's actually occupying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's great for that role. Are there more people out there that could do that role as well as she could? Possibly, maybe not. I'm not quite sure. I think the depth of people who could come in from outside and do the on-pitch stuff is probably deeper. Um, therefore, that's why I would prefer to see her in the off-field stuff. To me, that's always way more important than what happens on the field. Um, that that helps the field immensely, probably immeasurably in most people's eyes. However, let's talk about the football for a moment. We've talked about Katie's goal. Um, there were some really, really nice moments in that game. There weren't that many negatives. There was a couple of stray passes. Um, Tyler Toland, as we mentioned, player of the game the first day, an inspirational return to the Irish team in some respects on Saturday. It just didn't seem to go right for her on Tuesday. What were your big takeaways? I suppose the big negatives, the big positives of the game at the weekend or on Tuesday. Take a positive again, and we, we sort of spoke about last week. And get that get that cake out, will you? Get that humble pie out. Um, have, for me, have supply of it here coming in. For me, I thought for me, Caitlin Hayes was another was another standout. Um, the amount of time she picked in, she yes, she played a couple. She was she played a couple of straight passes. The amount of time she picked Denise O'Sullivan out from 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 defence and sort of when Denise dropped into them pockets, I liked the way Denise was getting on the was trying to get on the ball. She was moving into spaces and, and areas just to try and create opportunities. Didn't necessarily go away. Katie's roam, Katie was roaming an awful lot, which was which was good. And to see Katie go up top when. When Izzy come on, for me probably Izzy's probably Izzy probably the standout in terms of the individual performance. I thought Izzy was Sorry, Izzy was very. I didn't, I didn't quite catch that. Could you repeat that again? <laughs> I thought <laughs> Izzy. Reply with that. I thought Izzy was Izzy was very Izzy was very good. Um, the goals, some of the goals are very, some of the goals the, the, the build up, some of the goals are very nice. Caitlin Hayes took a goal superbly. Then again, you love the free kick from Caitlin. Caitlin Hayes takes it straight in the head. She just yeah. takes one step back, and I was just like, I just tweeted at the time. Caitlin Hayes is a rock. Um, it's it's there's a lot of positives. There's not many. The negatives are sort of there's a lot more to work on. But is it a negative that you know you have things to work on? Probably not. The sloppy pass is probably the only real thing. Probably should have taken more chances. I probably cut out a few times. I probably have a couple of negatives, and it's mostly to do with the subs. Um. We saw a lot of the same faces that we've seen over the last few weeks and months in Ireland squads um, coming off the bench. I would have liked to have seen Haley Nolan get a chance. I would have liked to have seen Haley Nolan get a chance. I think she, uh, no more than Izzy Atkinson, I think she's she's operating at club level at a higher level than some of the girls who are getting regular minutes with the Irish team. If you look at the, the league table, Palliser at the top of the table, we've got players playing on that side around her position Uh considerably further down the table in that women's championship in England. Um, mm. That's no slight against them. It's just I'd like to see Nolan get a couple of minutes. I think she has the capability to really impress there. Um, I'd also like to see some of the goalkeepers get some action. Uh, Courtney is a solid pair of hands. She's our number one, hands down. But I am beginning to get worried by the number of people and the number of times we don't seem to trust Grace Maloney or Megan Walsh. They're in the squad time after time after time. We need to see them start getting 45 minutes, even if it's against Albania in the second half. If we're two or three and up, I think they need to give them one of, one of them a chance. Yeah. What well, the problem is, is you think they need to. They won't. That's the problem. You look, the last time a different goalkeeper played a goal for Ireland was Russia in February 2022 in the Pinatar Cup. Megan Walsh played. It was the last time 
Like even I said a I said it to you pre World Cup. I I love Courtney. I think as a goalkeeper she's very good. As a person she's unbelievable. But I would not have played her against Zambia. Knowing you've got a, a behind closed doors game coming up, I'd have played her against France. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd have played one of the other two goals. I'd have played. I'd have probably played Sophie Whitehouse and whoever I think is my number my number two goalkeeper. And sort of you know, Sophie, there's a tryout for you. And my number two goalkeeper there's forty five minutes. For you. That's what I would have done. Training but games are same applies in the Albania games next time round. I'd like I don't think it'll happen. No, I don't I, think it will. It's something I'd like to see more of. Koi yeah. Mustaki as well is another player I haven't seen at this level enough. Um, and she's in every squad. I'd like to see her just to be able to get a, a proper measure of where she's at. Uh, because it's very easy for girls to come in and sit on the bench and, and not get time and and just be in the squad. And like Saoirse Noonan, we've seen plenty of her in an Ireland jersey. We know what she can deliver. It's probably just a case of biding her time. She's down the pecking order. Um, can she get up there? That's debatable, but she's in Rafa, the right. I was, I was looking at the capitalist the other day um, for her, when the preview was sent out for the Hungry game. Like, I was looking at the capitalist and I was actually ama- I was a little bit amazed at some of the things. Like you look at Grace Maloney, six caps, Megan Walsh is one cap. You go down to say Chloe Mistaki made her debut in 22, six caps. Savannah McCarthy made her debut in 2016, she's 11 caps. Hayley Nolan, debut 21. She's three caps. Ava Mahoney, made her debut in 2019, four caps. Caitlin Hayes will leave out just because she's new. Other, other players other players have no, like Tyler's, Tyler's got, I think, 15 caps now. Jamie Finn, made her debut in 2019. She's got 15 caps. Izzy, made her debut in 2018. She's got, she's got 10 caps now. Like, a lot of these players, Emily Whelan, same, eight caps, made her debut in 2018. A lot of these players... They've been in and around squads for a long time. They don't have a lot of experience, and that backs up your point when you when you say, like, for so long we were so used to seeing with the likes of Vera that she'd named the same ten or eleven. Eileen made the made the one change against against Hungary. Like, is it a case that if if we win the first four games, we're almost assured of of the top of the group that she may make some changes? I suspect we should see some against Albania, but I don't think the problem is it. I don't, I don't think, think going. no, I don't think so either. I think I think whoever's in the job, whether it's Ireland or somebody else, for the next six months, their target is going to be to win that national nations league, and it's within their grasp. And I think that they won't sacrifice that for the sake of a couple of caps here or there. I'm talking about when you're two or three or four nil up in games in the last 15 minutes, and you're making a change. Uh, with all due respect to the likes of the girls who came on, we don't need to see what Amber Barrett brings to the table. We don't need to see what Chloe, uh, Megan Connolly brings, Jamie Finn. We know what these players bring to the table. We've watched them. I want I know to see I, I know what I know why Megan was brought on. Megan was brought on to shore things up because there was too many holes. That's why Megan was brought on. I think Jamie was brought on because that was sort of a, a way of saying, Listen, I want to welcome you back in because of the fact of what happened with the World Cup, she wasn't selected for the World Cup. That's her first appearance for Ireland in, in quite a while for Jamie. Jamie's been in squads, but she hasn't been she has she did, I think she didn't play in the last six games under here. Like yeah. she hasn't actually played an awful an awful lot. Like I, I do agree with you. I'd like to see I'd like to see a Hayley Nolan play. Like Hayley Nolan played every minute last season for London City Lionesses in the championship. Like there's players like that and like what happens and, and God forbid it happens, what happens if Courtney Brosnan dives and makes a save, clatters with someone someone's ankle someone's ankle breaks her wrist. Yeah. We're we're in bother. We don't have experienced cover, even though these girls have been in squads for half a decade. Um, in or a decade in, in uh, Grace, Grace point um, to only have what is it seven or eight caps you said six caps six 
in in the guts of 10 years like that's Took that's a problem. six years to make a debut yeah that's a problem um maybe let's take a, a bit of a look at some of the chats you had after the game with the girls uh, at the weekend or sorry, I keep saying the weekend but on on tuesday evening in hungary um let's hear maybe first of all from uh, heather payne you spoke to her uh, just immediately after the game we'll uh, we'll run a few of these back to back over the next couple of minutes after a 4 0 victory against Hungary in Budapest, you, you had a lot of build up, you were involved in, in many of the goals today. Talk to us about, about the game, the performance, and you know, how, how you felt coming off the pitch. Um, yeah, I think like we were quite good at building up, and there was a lot of space on the right for uh, me and Denise to combine. So I think um, we did a good job of finding Denise in the pocket, and then um, it was on for me to first slip ball, but um, yeah, happy. Talk to us about them crosses because you hit the crossbar once, you set up Kira Caruso. It was just, it was as if every time you got the ball in, it looked as though it was going to cause a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one or two of my crosses could have went a bit better, but um, yeah, I was happy to set up Kira. You know, she made a great run to the front post, so I knew where to put it, and yeah, um, yeah, it was good. For you as a winger, what's it like sort of playing in a slightly different style now with Ireland under Ireland Gleason compared to Vera Powell? Because it seems as though everything's trying to go forward constantly and it looks as though the players are having fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're up against different opposition which allows us to tackle um, quite a lot more. Um, so as a wing back, you know, me and Katie are able to go a bit more forward um, but also we have to get back at the same time. But yeah, um, it's nice to be able to attack a bit more and, you know, have more opportunities going forward. For you, when you see Kieran get on the, head, the end of the header, that must be a bit, a bit pleasing, especially as you say you weren't happy with some of the other passes. Yeah, of course. You know you want your you want your centre forwards making those front post runs because it makes it easier. Um, I'm always going to aim for there, and then if they make that run, then they can get their head on it. Then it works out brilliantly. So um, yeah, it was a great finish by Kira. Six points out of six, two clean sheets. Couldn't really ask for any more out of them two games, could you? Um, yeah, definitely. It was a quick turnaround. I think, you know, we only had two days in between, um, but I'm glad we came here and, you know, our aim was to get three points again and that's exactly what we did. For you, being taken off in both games, it seems though you're just building your minutes up. How much do you think you're going to come on in the next four weeks between this camp and the next camp? Yeah, so just coming from pre-season, obviously, with Everton um, and I'm just kind of building myself up again. I haven't played 90 minutes since um, the World Cup, so hopefully, yeah, we've obviously a busy schedule now when we go back to our club, so hopefully um, I'll get a bit of minutes and then, yeah, I'll be ready to go again in October. Are you looking forward to that, though, playing at the WSL and, you know, you're going to play some, some big games and some big stages? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we have our first game against Brighton come this Sunday, so, you know, international duty's done now, so I look to that. Can you <coughs> has it been... You know, when you're, when you're at your club, you haven't played a competitive game. Is that difficult coming back into another international team because it's been pre-season? Um, yeah, of course. I mean, we were together for so long over the summer. It feels like we were just together. So um, coming back in after just a month and then going straight back into now the season starting, um, it'll definitely be tricky. But, I mean, I love coming into camp and, you know, um, I really enjoyed it. Another clean sheet, four goals. You have to be happy with that. Of course. I mean, what's not to be happy with? Six points from two games top of the table, seven goals in total, two clean sheets, so really positive. And much better performance from Saturday as well, come on and off a lot, a lot of things we were trying to do on Saturday that maybe didn't go something came off today as well. Yeah, and that's, you know, we've tried to introduce a few new principles and the girls you saw were trying to bring them in on Saturday and now they're trying to bring in a, a bit more. Have we got room for improvement? Absolutely, but are they trying the new things? Uh, yes. 
and yeah, we're really proud of them. Forty from goal scorers as well must be nice. It's lovely. I mean, we take goals from everywhere, but it is nice with four goals from open play. We're still a huge threat from the corner, so we're just trying to add add to the game there. I heard you say before the, the last game, Caitlin Hay scored against you. Must ever score for you? Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody wants to remind me who scores against me, but yeah, Caitlin, you know, she's a real threat on set pieces and she's a real asset then in defending set pieces, but yeah, great for her to get her, her debut goal as well today. A lovely strike from Katie, a lovely strike from Katie as well. It, it seems to have nearly broke the internet again. She's a habit doing that. She does, and we can take more of them as well. In terms of the overall performance, were you happy at the break? Because it seemed as though a couple of teams have seen your system get up quite a few times given instructions. Were you happy at the break? Because the second half seemed they stepped on the gear enough. Yeah, we, you know, we were in a good position. We went in 2-0 up. Um, but could we be better? Yes, and that's the message that we gave to the players. And we just tightened up on a little bit of detail. And then they came out, thought Izzy Atkinson came on and she had an impact then driving forward. And she got some great crosses into, in, into the box. So, that helped us create more chances and, and allow a bit more freedom. We pushed Katie inside. Um, so, a couple of changes and felt yeah the gear stepped up then for the first half of the second half. It's a short turn around to the next camp. Have the FAI given any instructions to whether you'll be taking the team again for the next camp? Because it's, it's only a couple of weeks away. I don't have any instructions or conversations to report on. All we can say is whether I'm in or whether somebody new is in is that the team will be prepared for Albania. And that, that has already started that preparation. I mean, being fairly coy about her future with the, uh, with the with the squad, at least she'll definitely be with the FAI. But uh, it's um, it's it's an interesting talk. We talked about it at length on the show already. We're not gonna we, we go over that ground. But uh, let's cast our eye forward towards the next group of games. Uh, we play Albania home and away in the end of October. It's only really four weeks away. All the girls come back to the club. Started the WSL this weekend. Where a lot of our players will see. Can action. I make you a bit? Can I make you a bit jealous? Are you going to a game, Richie? I'm going to two games. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to Arsenal, Arsenal, Liverpool in the Emirates at two o'clock on Sunday, and then I'm straight across the Stamford Bridge for the half five kickoff, and then fly back to Dublin for after Chelsea and Spurs. Very nice. Uh, talk to me about the actual um, the Ireland chances in the next two games. Albania are probably the weakest side in the group. You would expect us to come through that fairly. As easily as we did in Hungary, effectively, you expect the game to be something similar in terms of possession, chances, Ireland's hopes of winning? To be honest with you, with the game being in Tala, I think there's less pressure on the side as well, the first one. And like really, the, prob- the thing with this, this sort of game is, and it's, it's a bit of a problem as well, because Ireland could score one or two goals early, then Albania is going to throw 10 behind the ball, seven in defence, and sort of make it really difficult for Ireland and, and it'll become a case of Ireland have to break it to break them down. The one thing that this this group and, and these sort of games are doing for Ireland is they're making Ireland having to take to dictate the pace, dictate the the tempo of the games. And I think that's that's good for them. I think the next two games are gonna be they're gonna be very important. If fit I would expect Jesse Stapleton to go back into the squad. For me the big question remains if Sinead Farley comes back in, I think Sinead Farley and we spoke about it would be great would be a great player to have in these sort of games. I think she would she would offer so much more in the attacking role, it would, like realistically, do we really need to have two players sitting against Albania? Sitting against Albania, I'd love to see Denise and Denise and Sinead sort of tag team and tag team and further to further forward. Like, what what would what is success when it comes to these games? Obviously, six points is is, is success, but I think clean sheets I, are, an, are a success measure as well. You know, I think what we did last in the last seven days is is an A plus in terms of performance. 
I don't agree. In terms of results, in terms of results, absolutely. In terms of performance, I'd say Northern Ireland was probably a be hard to say more. It's hard to say hard than a B minus. I thought the Hungary game was definitely maybe a, maybe a, a statue. No, but the only, the only thing, and that's being honest, because Brafney, realistically, we should have scored seven or eight against Northern Ireland. Probably that's should have scored more against Hungary. But like, I was happy to see the improvements against. I was happy to see the sort of go forward, continue to. When things didn't go well, or they made a mis- made a mistake, they continued to go. They continued to try. Like the thing is, and I, I fully expect the next Campton to take a, a massive step on again. And just like you have to realize, Katie hasn't played a lot of minutes. Hedda hasn't played a lot of minutes. I know Courtney's played some. Other players haven't played an awful lot of minutes as well for their clubs, and they'll go back there like, four weeks. Everybody stays fit, and if, if everybody stays fit and comes back in, you know, they'll be they'll be a lot sharper. They'll be a lot further forward, and then. Then I think it'll be a massive step on again, and there's no reason why if Ireland click that Ireland can score seven or eight goals against Albania and give the give the fans a, a, a night to remember in talent, and then going away from home could do something similar. Like in this group, we talk about six wins out of six are a must. Like realistically, six clean sheets out of this group are are, are, are is a well attainable attainable as well, and scoring what twenty odds, say an average of three or four goals a game, like. To be honest with you, I don't, I, I don't really class goals as a result. I think we just need to look at the performances. If every performance takes a step on, the fans will be happy. We see a lot of people tweeting in the last couple of days about where it is naysayers who were tweeting in the week before when, 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 when Diane done the, the media and like we see some high-profile people tweeting saying that and like where are these people who are giving out? Because realistically, you have to be very happy with the last week. Absolutely, hundred percent. Let's turn our attention back towards the domestic game, of course, because after what feels like forever, we're back playing a bit of football here in Ireland. Uh, at, way. at club level, we've got a full series of fixtures. Um, I don't know why I'm showing the results from the last weekend. These are the fixtures going across the bottom of the table. Uh, DLR Waves, they host Shells at 4 p.m. Athlone take the journey down to Cork at 5 p.m. Sligo Rovers host Bows in reverse of their cup surprise a couple of weeks ago. That's 5 p.m. in the showgrounds while Treaty United and Galway also at 5pm down in the Marcus Field. And then live on TG Carr at 7.35, Wexford Youths versus Shamrock Rovers in what is probably a crunch game for Shamrock Rovers' title hopes, Aaron. Massive, massive, massive game. Wexford Youths come into the back of it, sort of, they've won the last... I'm going to kind of watch you. Before we get into the actual analysis of the game, let's just explain where we are in terms of the actual league table at the moment. There it is from our website. Uh, P-Mount, nine points clear of Shamrock Rovers and Shells. There's 20 games to play. P's are idle this week. So Shells and Shamrock Rovers both away have a chance uh, to close that gap from nine to six with four games remaining. So even if they win this week, it still leaves them with a massive, massive challenge. Now, let's talk about the actual football and the chances of them delivering three points this week. Just when we're talking, we're talking about chances. I, I was chatting to James O'Callaghan after the after the game and after the after the Euro game and like you can still see after the Ireland game and you can still see that they're they know they've still got to get results and that's the thing I think they're not even taking for granted that the other teams are chasing them. The microphone there Aaron, if you don't mind yep cheers the other teams they know the other teams are chasing them but they still know that they need to get result to get results and I think that's that's as important you'll kill me for saying this but. We were in the same position in 2020 when they needed they needed they needed literally literally needed a, a win a win out of the last three games to, to clinch the to clinch the league. They couldn't they couldn't get over the line. 
this beam outside is a much better is a much better side. I would suspect that they will. But if you look at this weekend's fixtures, I think the them the Mount Warren tie has to be the Wexford and Shamrock Rovers game. You look at you look at the, the consequences of it. Wexford's poor start to the season since since the drubbing at Shelburne. They've been very they've been very good in the league. They've won the last three league games. Like they're gonna be on they're gonna be confident down there. Ella Malloy I suspect will play even more minutes this weekend than she has. Is it a case that after the back of the international break that they may start Ella Malloy? They may play Ella Malloy for 60 minutes, add an awful lot to them. But Rovers have strengthened as well during the break. Like Joy Ralph has Rovers, been she's come in really. Joy Ralph, Scarlett Heron, yeah. like two unbelievable players. And the funny part about Joy Ralph is and I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna go and check your website now as soon as I say this. Like if you look at the minutes that Joey Ralph played in the first half of the season, I can't remember playing very many minutes this this first half of the season with DLR Waves. She wasn't even in the squad a lot of the time either. And then she started coming to Rovers, and like we had the conversation that I said to you that I thought she'd be she'd she'd probably struggle to start games. She comes in, gets an opportunity, scores a couple of goals, gets another opportunity, scores again. Like she's just impressing Collie O'Neill constantly, and like She's somebody who, 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 if like, she's somebody who any of the other teams would have loved to have. Yeah, she's going to cry now for, for a goal scorer like that. She starts for the LR in the first half of the season. Um, I bear in mind it's, it's slightly over the half. She played with half of the LR's games. Um, seven and games. a lot of them are early, a lot of them are early. Wouldn't a lot of them would have been early? Yeah, and 471 minutes, only one goal. She's already got one goal in a quarter of the time at Shamrock Rovers, but I think she's been more impressive, maybe a bit more. A positive football in terms of where the way Shamrock Rovers play versus the way DLR play. Yeah, absolutely. And like we sort of said, the Rovers needed the Rovers needed strength. And like you look at in the, in the middle, Scarlett Heron. I think she's gonna have a, she could have a big impact on this game this weekend. Maria Reynolds continues to continue make her step up, having come back from injury, hasn't played in the National League yet. So she's someone else who could feature for them. Like it's an evenly evenly balanced game when the two sides played in 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 Tala early in the season. It was a it was a two-one win for for Shamrock Rovers, and like you looked at that day, you probably said Wexford in the final third were just struggling. Like live on TG Car, I think Wexford have a point to prove. I think Wexford will, will be determined to try and have some sort of say in this league. Like they play, they still have to play Sham, uh, Shamrock Rovers and Piedmont. So like for Wexford, they want fourth. That's what they want, and it's it's now really attainable for them. So I think it'll be a humdinger of a of a of, a, of an encounter and. I'll be sitting down with with the feet up on on Saturday on Saturday evening and watching TG Car. I mean, like I can't wait for. It. Yeah, it's going to be a great, great game. Okay, that's that one out of the way. Let's look at the other fixtures around the grounds. We do have a question in. Just when we talk, we want to talk about Cork and Athlone. We do have a question in from one of the viewers, uh, and he let me just turn off the uh, fixtures for a second. But uh, he asks us, it's Sean Tobin, and he's asked, what do we make of Cork having a home WPD game on at the exact same time as a men's match, and uh, their women play trade at home the same evening their men play UCD. Your thoughts? No, no, dis- no disrespect to Cork <laughs> versus UCD, but that game is really. I know Cork are fighting, fighting to. I'd say Cork are, at the by that stage, Cork will be nearly assured of the playoff. I think it's a nice touch for people who can't travel. It was going to be played on the Wednesday evening. They may think that the Friday evening may get it, may get a couple of more fans than I might have gotten the Wednesday evening. The problem is, is Corkers all over the place, men's and women's. Things aren't going great on either side this year. Is it is it something to sort of say, how can we sort of 
get people back together. Let's let's try have the women on our on our Friday night and see. If, like we've seen DLR and not DLR, Bowes have done it before. Played on a Friday night against DLR, like competing against the men's game. It's the same. It goes back to the same thing that I said to you earlier about the Ireland about the Ireland game. You you, you never really want to compete about it, but. I'd love to know why it was switched. I think it's an I think it's a it's a good idea for people who can't travel or who maybe who may decide they don't want to watch they want to go want to go and watch a live game of football instead. Will it affect the crowds? I don't think it will because there's not an awful lot of Cork City fans who may do both unless it's a unless it's a big occasion like a cup a big cup one. There'll be certainly some media like I know the Three Amigos tend to do both tend to cover a lot of both and things like that like where they may find themselves in Dublin. It may take away a little bit from their coverage, but like it's, it's, a, it's a great nice, idea. But it's a nice game as well from a Cork City point of view because it's against Treaty, who are in that lower half of the table. You have a realistic chance of a good performance, realistic chance of a good result, and on a traditional Friday night game, when I I'm, I believe I could be stand corrected here, but I believe season tickets work for both. So you could end up with people who are just in the habit of going on a Friday night to turn us cross for a Cork City game going, well, I'm not going to go up to watch UCD. Um, I'll go to, to the cross instead, and it'll feel like I'm at the game. We'll get the updates from the PA or from our apps or whatever on our phone. Uh, so you'll get that opportunity to kind of be at a women's game and maybe promote the women's game as a as a good alternative for a, an entertaining night out. That's where, I, that's where I think it might work. That's where I think it might, it might work. And the, the other side of things is, like, the Wednesday night might, might, might have been feasible. So it was either that or else... Going a different Wednesday, some other stage, and, and they thought that it was a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a decent option. It'll be one we'll definitely watch, and we'll see if they get a crowd or what happens from it. But like the problem, the thing is, they, clubs need to try things. If it doesn't work, they won't try it again. But they need to try things and need to sort of see how if it works or how it gets on, how it goes on, it goes about. Yeah, no, the only thing is, Sean, that might not have been the answer you were hoping we'd give you. So apologies if we don't agree with your point of view on that. But I, I suppose see both sides of it. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And and there are people who want to be at both, but I think it's about you. I think if you look at the crowd that was at the Women's Senior International at the weekend in the Viva and the normal crowd for a men's international in the Viva, it's a limited outside of the press box and the and maybe some of the the, the I suppose the sponsors and supporters boxes and the officials from the FAI, um, it's a very different crowd. We've seen it happen with other women's clubs before. Like we've seen it happen several times where Bowes have played on a Saturday evening last year and when Bowes are playing late and, and Bowes men were away at the same time. We've seen it happen. Like it, it is part and parcel of it. I it's just the, the problem is we don't know the reason why it has exactly been moved to the Friday. I think listen, I think it, it might it might work out for a bit of a crowd on the fr- on the Friday night. As you say, people be like, actually you know what, I'll go to the cross, I'll have a point at the pub out on the on the corner there and I'll I'll go to it. You might you might get a few that may not have gone to it. This weekend they face Athlone Town. Your thoughts on that game? Athlone Town seems to be picking up a bit of form in the last few weeks. Yeah, I'd fancy Athlone to be comfortable enough winners, and I think I think Athlone, you're right. Athlone are hitting that stride, and they start building into that cup into that cup game, and they're gonna want to avoid the Breffney curse, as you say. Another penalty, nil all penalty shooting, and I'm getting win. Well, it's not as a court the nil all. <laughs> They'll take it. It's not a curse if they're winning. It's not a curse well, if they're winning. Listen, I'm people probably getting sick of me saying this, but. Like you have to give the management and the players an awful lot of credit. The season could have filtered away and been an absolute catastrophe when when Tommy had stepped away. But they've brought in some good players. Dana Sheriff getting staying fifth for them has been really positive. 
Maddie Gibson is still Maddie Gibson, and you know she's she's unbelievable for them. And like, but I think the sign of Kay Keane has probably been instrumental. And like I said to you at the start of the year, I thought she should have been in goal for Selborne. Yeah, I'd said it multiple times. I'd said it multiple times. It's been a weakness so, in recent seasons that goalkeeper position. Where I think nail it down. I, I think Atlona, Atlona, Atlona definitely getting the benefit of having Kate there. And like, listen, you'd, you'd say Atlona should win for Cork. It's for Cork. The problem is, is Cork are just trying to develop players. They're trying to push on. Like every game is a really difficult game for Cork, and that's where it becomes hard because you take beatings or you take losses and. Like every time I spoke to Danny, Danny always tries to remain positive. He sees the bigger picture. I sort of hope with the, some of the youngsters that they do have that the club stand, stand behind them. Like I was chatting to somebody the other day and they were sort of saying to me, Ellie O'Brien was like 19. They were saying to me, I was like, no, Ellie O'Brien was on was playing the Ireland on the 19th the other day. And sort of when you explain how young some of the players they have, like Eve Mangan's only turned, I think, I think she's only turned 19. Like a lot of the players are really, really, really young. And they're sort of in a position maybe where Athlone were a couple of years ago when Athlone first came into the league that players hadn't got a lot of experience. Whereas if they can keep that core group together, there's no doubt they can take a step forward. But it's just a case of will the club continue to support Danny in the long term to actually allow them to take that step forward? Because if not, they may lose some of them players and then they're back to square one again. And like We need a really strong Cork for the league to be vibrant. We need a, a real strong Cork because it's a massive bed hole of, of women's football. Absolutely. DLR Waves and Shells, Dublin Derby in the UCD Bowl at 4, four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this might have been more competitive in recent seasons. Can you see anything but a Shells victory in this? This is where I'll be more than likely on Saturday myself. Uh, to be honest with you, no. I think Wexford, I think DLR really had the chance in the Cup. The Cup game, they should have They should have taken something over. Shells were leggy. They, were, they, 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 they didn't look as though they, they had been previously. So, I find it very difficult that they're gonna get anything out of it. Like for D for DLR, like it's another. It's like Cork. It's it's turned into a really really frustrating season. But when you chat to, when you chat to Laura and you sort of you, you discuss things with her, like she she she'd be the first to say it's it, they're making mistakes that maybe they shouldn't be making. And like when you've got a lot of young kids, these things are gonna happen. Like the problem is is as well you you get good for the last couple of transfer windows. Your best players are gone. I suspect Shells will, win, Shells will win this probably 2-3-0, two, 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 but I'd like to see DLR being competitive. I still think Eve Bandana has been their standout player by a mile this year. Slagger over with Bowes, of course, I predicted heavily for Bowes in the Cup quarterfinal. Got egg on my face, as usual, when I predict the results on this show. Uh, Slagger Rovers at home. Bowes probably still going to this as favourites, but as we know from Sligo, anything's possible when like when they look like they're down and out, they're probably the most dangerous. Do you know what? I don't even want to call this game because I know I'll get in trouble <laughs> if, if I say what I'm going to say. But I actually have a feeling Sligo are getting something out of this game again. I just, the way Bows have been since the break. They're slacking they're all, they? Yeah, and I just I just think, um, I know I get on well, I know I know the lads very well, but I just think this is a game that Sligo could get something out of it. Maybe they'll put the quote up on the wall because like most of them know me <laughs> saying that, but I just think I just think it's a it's a sort of game where first half of the season you'd say no it's like uh Bowes are gonna win it, but I I just don't I just struggle to see where the goals are gonna come from from Bowes and if they fall behind it'll be really difficult and like I wouldn't be surprised if Sligo gets something out of this game. 
Yeah, final game then, Treaty. Uh, they face Galway United. Hard to call this one as well. Galway have been on a decent run of form, of course, since they won the Avenir Sports Cup. It's been a, a nice run for them. Treaty, it's a good season, albeit still in the bottom section of the league. Can they nab something here in the markets field, or are Galway just likely to be too strong? Galway probably are likely to be too strong in the game, but you'd like to say that Treaty are going to be competitive when they met early in the season, I think it was 2-1 or 1-0 to, to go. It was a really close game. I suspect it may be something similar. I can't see, I can't see Treaty being blown out the water and being beaten 5-6-0. I can't see that at all. I think they will be really competitive. Listen, we probably didn't see them getting a result against Wexford in the markets field either. They, they ran P-Mount very close in the FAI Cup in, in the markets field. They ran a lot of teams quite close. That they, so it's, it's, it's the sort of place where you wouldn't say a result a result is impossible. It's probably highly unlikely, but it's not it's not impossible if they can if they can show the sort of performance they showed against P Mount or they showed against or they showed against Wexford in the season. The only the only one thing I would ask I, I haven't seen it yet is Sarah Power and obviously getting sent off if what sort of suspension has been put in place there because she's been someone who's done well for them since coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, final game, we have talked about it already. So, in a word, Wexford or Rovers? Or draw? Draw. Draw or else Rihanna Jarrett, the scorer, injury time winner. Oh, wow. You're not giving Rovers a hope at all down there. Uh, oh, I, just, I, just have a, I just have a feeling. But then again, I have a feeling that that will happen. They could beat Shells next week on P-Mail drop points to Wexford. And we have a grandstand finish. So you are predicting a grandstand finish. I don't think Piemont are going to drop points. I think they've learned their lessons from the last couple of seasons. And I think they have a point to prove against all of us. I think the biggest servant of humble pie we've ever eaten, and that's saying something on this show, uh, is going to be served up to us at the end of the year by Piemont. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because I, of the year, I definitely. definitely. Yeah. For you, definitely. But like from when I seen them, when I seen them and speaking to people in preseason, I was like, okay, I thought they'd be decent. But I, I, I will 100% say I never thought they'd be title contenders. I thought they'd be decent. Like I predicted at the start of the season, Wexford would win the title with that squad that they had. But how to, how things haven't worked haven't worked out. But like just the desire and hunger in that P Mount team for me is is something that I really like this year. The fact that they look like they're fitter than ever. They're they're going to the to the very last second. Like they've got late goals and big big games. Where last year they probably lose the game or else they they, they struggled struggled to draw the game. Where they're getting their three points this year, and I think that's been the biggest difference. Uh, final action of the show, um, of course, is the return of the WSL this weekend. Uh, quick one for you. Who has been the signing of the WSL from an Irish point of view over the course of the, the season so, or the pre-season so far? Here's a list of some of the players just so you can kind of have a look at whoever you might think might be of interest to you. Ooh, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good question. I, I think Jesse Stapleton could, could Jesse Stapleton could be the could be the signing of the of the, of the window um, going to going to to West Ham if she can remain if she can stay fit. But rather than the signing of the season, the player I'm most looking forward to seeing if she if she can get back to her best is Jess Sue because she, we didn't see an awful lot of Jess last year. We sort of wondered what she struggled at West Ham, and I'm really interested to see what she does this year if she can stay fit and. Fit and healthy, I think she could, she could play a lot of minutes for us, Sam. 
yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, Izzy Atkinson and Heather Payne uh, bring to the equation, as well as looking at a bit of Chloe Mustaki at a decent level as well. I think uh, interesting to see what they can bring to the table over the next couple of weeks. Of course, plenty of action across the WSL Championship, all of that international stuff, the NWSL as well, coming to a close, three games left in that competition. A couple of Irish girls featuring there uh, for them as well. But that's it for this week. Uh, Aaron, thank you very much for joining me. We'll be back next week. Only one show next week, seeing as we're back to some sort of a a normal domestic schedule. Uh, We'll be back next week with another show talking about uh, this weekend's fixtures and, of course, preview in the following week. You can get all the information, all the leagues, all the international action on finalwhistle.ie and, of course, check out the NWL the WNL show as well for all Aaron's content on women's football uh, over the course of the next week or so. We'll talk to you then. I'll be back to you in about seven days. Talk to you then.